Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies, to the challenges and opportunities of online learning, and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Simon Says Educate. My name is Ronald Lethko, and I am joined by my other team members here in the Teaching and Learning Center at Clover Park Technical College. First up is Kristen Copeland. Hey, y'all. And Jeff Kane. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about our recent faculty in-service day. We had a faculty in-service day in October of 2023. And we just want to go over the process of how we plan for it, how the day went, and plans for the future. So the first question, what went into the planning for this in-service day? I can start. So we have a teaching and learning center steering committee that we rely on heavily for feedback and support in planning of these days. And they gave us, in my opinion, a lot of the information we needed to create a day that was broadly representative of faculty voice and what they wanted to see in the day. So as we get into the agenda, you'll hear some of that. And one of the things that we really wanted to focus on this year, in the fall, the in-service day is usually coupled with outcomes and assessments day. And so we really wanted to put a focus on trying to connect these two days and seeing if we can find a through line for the faculty as they go to outcomes and assessments day and think about their courses holistically. For our in-service day, we wanted them to really drill down on those specific aspects that they were thinking about improving from the outcomes and assessment day. Thanks for bringing that up. Last year, we were actually part, Jeff and I were part of a large group of a large cohort of faculty and staff here at the college in a cohort called Building Capacity for Change. It was offered through Achieving the Dream, ATD, and it gave us an opportunity to think about how we deliver things through the Teaching and Learning Center. And this is what came out of that, the alignment of Outcomes and Assessment Day and In-Service Day so that it is sustained efforts throughout the year. So as you listen to our agenda for the day, you're also going to see how we try to sustain uh, the professional development while it's also embedded in the outcomes and assessment work that we're doing throughout the year with an action plan coming out of our outcomes and assessment office. Yeah, that was a really important part of this because I feel like each one of the sessions that happened over the um, course of the day we're not only connected to outcomes and assessment, but also carried over into the track and the various professional development opportunities that we'll be having over the course of the year. One of the important things about professional development is that 
we get away from offering just one-off pieces that aren't connected to a broader picture. Yeah. It's really easy to forget what you've learned if it's not sustained and you've, you're not given opportunity to practice it and, and put it in the fabric of your class and in your courses. So let's talk about the day, how the day went. I'll just go ahead and run through our agenda and maybe you can chime in with some feedback and how you felt each part of those sections went. The morning was breakfast. I think breakfast went well. Mm -hmm. We had breakfast burritos. Yeah. And it seems like food isn't a big deal, but actually we were fairly intentional about that. We wanted to give them protein and kind of energy in the morning because we know it's a long day of learning and they need that. So we had our standard welcome and announcements at the beginning, starting with a land and labor acknowledgement, which we feel is important to show our commitment to EDI efforts mm -hmm. at our college and to really strengthen that partnership with the office of EDI. I really love our land and labor acknowledgement. I, I encourage the listeners, if you haven't read it uh, for Clover Park, you should go on our website and go on the office of EDI's page because it's very thorough, but thoughtful, really we had an activity, we did trivia, and it seemed like a lot of people liked that when we looked yeah. at the feedback from the day. I think they did. It was like a low stakes thing that we got information across. It was all about Clover Park and different offerings. Ronald, you did a great job. With that. Thank you. I tried to include some history uh, about the college and then also some stuff about the tracks, both the gamified elements that we've created and then also some of the things that you might learn while doing the professional development tracks. And then speaking of the tracks, after the activity, the trivia, everyone broke out and met with their team that they're a part of for the professional development tracks for 30 minutes. And Jeff, can you maybe go into more detail about why we thought that would be a good idea? One of the things I think that we do well is bring faculty into our professional development. And so getting all the faculty together with one another um, in the tracks and having them meet the faculty team leaders uh, and just really, you know, make that connection um, really helps set this up as, uh, as learning communities. Yeah, that was really important. Even from our instructional deans, they really wanted the message out there that these tracks are the one of the main purposes is to build community. It can be easy anywhere to get siloed, but especially on a technical college campus when you're with your your students for six or seven hours a day and you're kind of stuck there. It's good to be intentional about building community with others that are going through some of the same things you are. Yeah, and I think I, I was sitting in with the EdTech One, which is our biggest track, and it seemed like the time was spent well because we went over the the faculty leads did a great job. Um, special shout out to Diane Follett, Hannah Precourt, Derek Faust, and Dion Alexander for leading those meetings and really breaking it down for the faculty because they had a meeting at the beginning of October that was via Zoom. And 
at that time, not everybody had signed up for the tracks. And so the meetings had people in them, but at in-service, it was a chance for almost all of the faculty at the college to meet together. And they were meeting in a physical place. And I felt like there was a real good connection. Yeah. And we got everyone in. Everyone that was there at in-service is now in the first Canvas course of their track. And something that was important to me was just to message that you can do as little or as much as you want. We've created enough that people could take care of their professional development for years, but we also understand that people have a lot going on. So we tried to message the fact that if you're not in one, you can't even see what's going on. So at least be in there and join so that you can at the very least be a part of the community. Yeah. So I think the track meetings went well. After that, we did something called a teaching tool round robin. There were four different presenters that went around to each of the different rooms and they talked about syllabus, press books, navigate, and cultivating belonging. We also handed out a passport at the beginning of the day that gave some just basic directions for teaching tools that they were requesting so that it was in their hands and they felt like they were leaving with something tangible. Can we go into a little bit more detail about why we chose those four syllabus, press books, navigate, and cultivating belonging? Yeah. So I can quickly talk about cultivating belonging. Uh, We're... We've really strongly partnered with the Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion on our campus. So we want to always give them a a presence and make sure that we're engaging with them consistently on professional development. And something that we're starting here at Clover Park is a decentering whiteness collective. And we wanted to make sure everybody knew that and that we could get the message across in a way that everyone understood. So that if they wanted to join that collective, they had the opportunity. And also EDI went through a few things. But, you know, I think that the the thing to notice I hear too is that we're working with the EDI office. But if you look at all of these things, the syllabus, press books, navigate, cultivating belonging, uh, we don't just have one thing that's about EDI. I mean, may they EDI pieces in the syllabus. Mm-hmm. It's in press books because um, press books is going to increase access yeah. to education for the economically impacted. Uh, Navigate is going to increase the uh, connection that the instructors have with students, mm-hmm. and it all ties into cultivating belonging. Totally, I, I thought it was a great theme all throughout. Yeah. And, and also pulling in the team from EDI so people can see them and they know that office is there and they exist. And something that EDI likes to message is they're a safe space. And so I wanted the people of that safe space to come be visible to our faculty. All right. And so that brings us to the afternoon. In, in the afternoon, we had something called Choose Your Own Adventure. There were two of them for assessments. One was called Leveraging ChatGPT for Educators. That was the one that I did. And then Redesigning Assessments with AI in Mind, which is the one that Jeff did. We also had two for Curriculum Rubric Design Workshop and Culturally Responsive Curriculum, which was led by Kristen. And lastly, we had Instruction, which was Critical Thinking and Problem Solving Skills and Teaching Toolkit for Inclusivity. 
And I think it's important to note those two were given by faculty. So we had three faculty that presented those last two topics in instruction category. And then in the curriculum category, we had two of our instructional deans present on rubrics, the nursing dean, Tiffany Smith-Fromm, and Lester Burks, the automotive and trades dean. And I think it was important for faculty to see the collaboration of the deans supporting this effort also. And we like to give faculty as much voice as possible. These were topics that faculty had said they were interested in in the past. They've wanted rubrics, they've wanted classroom strategies. So we were really trying to align what we gave as workshops with what we had heard in previous in-service surveys and then also from the steering committee and then the word on the street. Yeah, and I don't want to go into too much detail about what was done or what was talked about at each one, uh, but I do have a lot of feedback and I was thinking maybe we could go over some of this feedback. So a couple of things to say. First one, Rocky and Mel did a fabulous job. Those were the two faculty that did the teaching toolkit for inclusivity. Actually, I think they changed the name of theirs, but their workshop was about making a positive and respectful and inclusive classroom environment. And it looks like people were a big fan of that one. And then we also got one for our other faculty workshop. Diana did a fantastic job of offering ideas with quick in-class activities. So those were some pretty popular ones. I got a comment here, finally some actionable ideas to bring EDI into the classroom, which goes back to that, that message. So much. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think it makes me happy that faculty are seeing that we're really trying to do those things and what what they're asking of us and our team and how we're choosing workshops. So that's awesome. Yeah, and then we had, I learned so much from the rubrics and chat GPT sessions. Great use of time. Thank you to the presenters. Cool. So those were the other ones. And then... This one is a little bit of a critique, but it's going to be our segue into future ideas for in-service. Somewhat satisfied was not due to the speakers. It was more for the time allotted. They did not have enough time to go deep into each subject. Yeah, I think that I feel like some version of that comment is on every single survey that we receive. And I think we can do a better job framing the day that this is just the beginning of the conversations. So what we're hoping and what we ask of the workshop presenters and all of the different topics is that this is sparking interest and buy-in and value in these topics so that as we sustain them throughout the year, people want to come and do professional learning. So our commitment that we told faculty for these three categories was that we'll have sustained workshops throughout the year that they can keep it on the forefront of their minds as one of their goals for their action plan for outcomes and assessment, that they're focusing on specific things for their professional learning for the success of their students. So while I love that comment, because I, I wish I could sit there and talk about culturally responsive curriculum for days, but we'll never have enough time. There will never be enough time. And so I think, yeah, for the critique portion of that, we can always do a better job with framing things and the expectations of the day, for sure. Yeah, yeah in my session, I felt that it was 
I tried to emphasize that this is part of an ongoing conversation yeah. because we were covering some really big topics, big. you know, and uh, when we're like, uh, I did authentic assessment and AI and um, the, you know, defining authentic assessment, one is authentic assessment. And we talked about active learning and we have a whole course on active learning yeah. that we, we offer. And so it was encouraging people to talk about what is authentic assessment yeah, and if they wanted to learn more about AI to go into Ronald's EdTech course, which mm -hmm. features AI, mm -hmm. if they want to learn more about active learning, we have um, a course and a community for that as well. Yeah. And so that kind of leads into the last part that we could talk about today, which is future in-service ideas. The last question for the survey was topics to cover for any sort of future in-service or any trainings that can happen throughout the year. And I kind of grouped them together into four themes that emerged from the survey. And I broke it down into stuff related to students, more training on safety, more training on AI, and more training on EDI. So... I'm just going to read a couple of the comments. So there were about five for each of these comments related. But starting with AI, the first one, more AI trainings and how our college will fund this access for instructors. Mm -hmm. any, any comments on that? <laughs> well, Can we comment on that? My, co my comment on it is... The Mozilla Foundation right now is working on an AI project that uh, is meant to be open source and transparent. Mm -hmm. And it's looking like I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's either going to be free or low cost. Mm -hmm. So that's what um, there'll be an aspect of it that we'll be able to use ourselves. Yeah. Like we'll have the source code. Uh, for the algorithms, and then we get to choose the data sets that go into uh, training the um, training the AI. So there's that part, and then also I think this is something um, that we, Kristen, is um, putting together an AI task force. Mm -hmm. And so if you're interested in in providing some input into where this should go, yeah, we could have that, and then also that AI task force could do something like put together a report on our camp about what's happening on our campus and present it to the state board. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, yeah, so we have, there's there's a lot of opportunities there's, that are going to come out. There's a lot going on too. I mean, the Teaching and Learning Center has made a commitment to be on the forefront of this so that we're not behind what the students are doing, really. I mean, ultimately, we want to make sure that faculty are empowered and that they understand what's happening with AI and how it works so much that we use some grant funding to go to an AI conference that was one of, I don't even know how many have happened, but not very many in education. So we went to that, we took a team to that, and also we're going to do an AI summer institute. So I think we've made a commitment that this is important and that we want people to feel knowledgeable and empowered in all the different categories of AI fluency. The next topic was about students. And so I thought this comment really hit the nail on the head. Classroom management 
strategies for handling difficult students and situations, rights and responsibilities of instructors, rights and responsibilities of students, who instructors can turn to for help with challenging student or classroom situations. So, so the one thing I would uh, say about that is that in our faculty onboarding mm-hmm. and the foundations of teaching both have modules on classroom management. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend that they take a look at that. Yeah. I also understand that more needs to be done yeah. um, besides having modules in a course. Okay. And then we have, so for safety and security, I don't know if this is within the scope of what we can give for trainings, but someone said building security, first aid, CPR, de-escalation, boundary setting, and cybersecurity. I love cybersecurity. We even put something about that in our passport. It's true. So we did provide a little bit of instruction about not getting fished and um, different things. We know that's rampant. There was one thing you read that I really think we could do, which is de-escalation. And we have had sessions about that in the past. And that's definitely a collaboration with Student Success and some of the other teams on campus to provide that. So we do try to do that every so often so that new people are aware and that we're all refreshed and reminded of policies and procedures about different things. So that's that's good feedback. And whoever wrote that, keep writing that so that we keep it at the forefront of our minds. We love these comments, by the way. Please never stop writing the comments and telling us exactly what you want, because if we don't know, we can't support. Yeah. And that really helps us or helps to inform what yeah. we can do for any sort of professional development or any events in the future. The last one was uh, EDI, and I've highlighted two of them here. How to exactly close the equity gap with instruction and how to implement EDI specifically in the classroom and how to assess. So I thought those ones were pretty similar in terms of faculty wanting to know exactly what they can do. I think we're going to see more and more of that as we're on a journey of our college-wide learning outcomes. And as we roll those out, I think we've made the focus of those equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so to be able to assess those, we've got to scale up our trainings associated with that. So I do think there's definitely more to come. I just, what I tried to really share in my cultural responsive curriculum session was that you're, you never reach cultural responsiveness. Like you're never, oh, Jeff, you're culturally responsive always 100%. Because the thing that culture changes, right? Clover Park changes, people change. You, can, you have to keep the principles of that at the forefront of your mind and be willing to always reflect and develop. So I think that's also embedded in those comments is we need to keep it at the forefront of our minds and keep developing because it's constant. We are intentional about not making it a one-off. We included it in our base camp. Yep. uh, But then we knew that that wasn't just going to be the only thing we wanted to have. We wanted to focus a lot of this in service with that in mind. So overall, I think a good day for the faculty, a little hard for (laughs) the TLMC as we... I can just think of myself running from building to building, but I think it was good for the faculty. And that's what we hope. That's our goal here in the TLC, right? As you always say. Faculty first. Faculty first.
Jeff, any last comments about in-service 2023? Uh, yeah, I just, I just hope that we encourage faculty to participate in providing feedback on, yeah. on uh, this and also feeling free to express your needs and the, mm-hmm. the things that you see on campus to help shape future professional development. Yeah. And that's going to wrap up this week's edition of Simon Says Educate. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time. Bye. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.